You're listening to Off the Court, a show dedicated to making you the best version of yourself as an athlete and as a person. I'm Coach Jack, CEO and owner of Close the Gate Hoops. If you want to take your life and game to the next level, this is the podcast for you. Let's get it. Welcome back, gatekeepers, to another episode of Off the Court. Today, episode seven, your body is a temple. And we have an extremely special guest today who is very famous in the area of Janesville and all the cities around it. And his name is Brad Fitzke. He's an athletic trainer and business owner of Athlete X Factory. Brad is one of the best in the business in his industry, and he's created many uber successful athletes, including NFL players, MLB players, etc. This is going to be one of the best episodes for information for athletes trying to take their physique, athleticism, and explosiveness to the next level. So I strongly encourage you guys get notes out for this one, dive into the details of what Brad talks about. Recap of last episode. Over each episode, downloads have declined. We still have a good amount of listens, but I really urge you guys to keep listening to every single podcast because they all have their unique details and certain information that's necessary for your guys' ultimate potential and growth. Lastly, if you're a basketball trainer trying to take your game to the next level, check out CTG Shooting Academy, Fix Your Shot Physically and Mentally for Coaches and Players. This is the perfect blend of the knowledge, the drills, and the mindset necessary to become an elite shooter. It's everything I could have ever wanted when I was trying to transform my shot. I'd be five times the shooter I am today if I would have had that earlier. Again, Our goal as trainers is to make you as good as you can be as fast as possible because everyone can train you. It's whether they can efficiently make you better than other trainers. So if you're a basketball player, I strongly encourage you guys to go check that out. I'm super excited for this one. Get your notes out. Get ready to take every detail. Let's dive into it. So I wanted to start out, Brad, what's your story? How'd you end up becoming a strength coach? Why'd you choose Janesville? Uh, well, Janesville, that's uh, strictly because of a girl. Um, <laughs> so I was in South Florida, went back to Nebraska for my 10 year reunion. And, uh, on the way back, I met Monica on a plane and was getting, actually getting ready to move to Texas at the time and, uh, changed directions, went up North. Um, that's how I got to Janesville. Um, as far as strength coach, um, I started off my freshman year, um, I had a really good experience in college. Uh, I was at Wayne state college, Northeast Nebraska. I played football there all four years. Um, I started off my freshman year as a criminal justice major thinking I wanted to go DEA ATF and the, uh, backtracking a little bit. My senior in high school, um, I was a way probably better baseball player than I was football. I love football more. Um, I dislocated my shoulder multiple times that year at the end of basketball. I played through football, played through basketball with it ended up having reconstructive shoulder surgery at the end of basketball. Um, and then went to Wayne to play football um, cause my baseball career was pretty much over. It was my right arm. I thought I was an outfielder. Um, then my freshman year in college, I, uh, I loaded up on my criminal justice, uh, with my criminal justice major. And, uh, I, the last game of the season, I blew my knee out. Jeez. And so within a year I had two, I shoulder surgery, knee reconstruction and going through that second semester, um, going through the rehab that I went through um, I just became very, very intrigued and watching other kids. Um, we were very blessed at Wayne State. Uh, Keith Getz, he was one of the uh, U.S. boxing, men's boxing team's uh, trainers. He was the head trainer at our school and had a phenomenal uh, training program in terms of like uh, athletic rehabilitation. And um, when I came back from my knee rehab, I, I was at it six, seven days a week whenever they let me in, you know, three, four hour sessions. I wanted to get back as fast as possible without a brace. Um, I was ahead of schedule. I did, I did really well. I learned a lot, um, in terms of like, you know, muscle adaptation about, you know, keeping the body balanced. Um, it intrigued me enough that I actually, uh, at the end of that semester, I switched my degree to exercise physiology, biomechanics. And then it kind of took off from there. Um, once I got done with my knee rehab, I jumped six inches higher. I ran faster than the 40. I cut faster. I was a better athlete. Um, and literally what I said to myself after that is this is what I want to do with my career. I want to, I want to help kids, you know, I want to help athletes become better athletes. Um, 
kind of through what I went through, not so much on the rehab side, but more on the strength side. So, mm-hmm. so I finished my degree. Um, I did do general fitness. I moved down to Fort Lauderdale to do general fitness. Um, started Brad fitness Inc down there. And I started working with some high schools down there, kind of doing what I do up here with athlete X factory. Um, and then when I did make the move, uh, I moved to Chicago for about a year and a half, two years and was doing general fitness, personal training and stuff, um, which was great. Learned a lot of great things, worked with a lot of different body types, kind of like honing my skills, but I really, really missed working with athletes. So then when I came to Janesville, um, I, uh, I started youth coaching and just kind of, it's cause training, there has to be some trust there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started Athlete X Factory in a thousand square foot gym, and you guys, you, you were there at first mm-hmm. gym, right? So, did you ever come to first gym? I wasn't gym? at the first gym. No, you came mm-hmm. to second gym. Yeah, yeah 2.0. 2.0. Yeah, 2.0. Um, things have been really well. It's been 11 years now. Um, the business has grown, um, mainly because, you know, kids believe, you know, and, you know, it's, it's never in my, I don't make the training about me, it's about the athletes. Um, a lifestyle, if you will, um, and teaching them that, you know, everybody moves a little bit differently. Um, everything, everybody grows a little bit differently. Everybody learns a little bit differently. So that's here we are right now getting ready for 4.0. Yeah. And not only, uh, do kids believe, but there's also results. And I think there's countless examples of people that became better athletes, uh, and people from going to Brad's gym. Uh, for those who don't know, Athlete X Factory focuses on kind of a unique style of lifting, uh, kind of described as athletic lifting. And could you kind of explain to us and the listeners what athletic lifting is uh, relative to uh, power lifting and body lifting and why Athlete X Factory rather than uh, another gym? At my gym, Athlete X Factory, I, I, I don't max out. You know, my, the primary wheelhouse of my athletes are the, are the people that I work with are junior high to high school. I do get college and now I've been blessed to actually work with some professional athletes now as well. Um, what it is, it's, it, it is resistance training. Um, maybe not so much power lifting. We do learn some, some power lifting movements to help, uh, to enhance their explosiveness and stuff. But the, the main parameters that I train in are based off accelerating, decelerating, changing direction and how to get the body the quickest and how to get the body to adapt the best way to do that. And that's through athletic training, in my opinion. And I've worked with a lot of smart, I've come up with this kind of theory slash way of training with working with a lot of other smarter people than me and learning from them. I mean, which, which if you're good at any craft, that's what you have to do. You pull from the education, the people that know more than you, uh, going to seminars and stuff. So what it is, we do, we, we have a lower body day. We do an upper body day. We do a lower body day. We do a uh, upper body day. Then we do an explosive day uh, throughout the week. It's five days a week. Um, and you know, I, I put movement in there as well, as lo- as well as with the resistance training to teach kids how to move with resistance, without resistance, manipulate their own body weight with and without resistance. So when they're in the field of play um, or, you know, on the field or on, on a court, their bodies are acclimated to do that, not only, you know, on the core or on the field, but through the resistance training. Yeah. And even though I don't play any sports anymore, when I work out at the gym, I still try to incorporate tons of exercises that I've learned through Brad just to improve my overall fitness and overall motion and movements. So I'd like to say thank you for all the examples that you've given me through the past. I appreciate that. It's, you're always a fun one to work with and it's athletes are fun to work with. A, they're motivated. Um, it's the mindset that I'm most adapted to. I, I work, I, I do do uh, um, adult metabolic sessions. So I work well with type A um, adults and athletic minded um, athletes or kids as well. That's really good. And back to your story a little bit, Brad, mm-hmm. one thing I've noticed from all the athletic and strength coaches that I've listened to on social media and podcasts, they all have a similar story and it's, they get injured (laughs) Yes, and then they go through this rigorous rehab and then they're like, this is the stuff I want to do. Help out the athletes do that. Yes. So that's really good. Um, one thing that I always see strength coaches debating, if you could only pick one exercise for an athlete to do, what would you pick? Uh, what type of athlete? (laughs) Uh, that's what type of athlete Uh, that's but you know that's that's a very it's a very common thing um i i did i debate between two exercises the squat triple hinge uh most most strength trainers always go back to the triple hinge uh taking one step above that 
my personal opinion, hang clean, hang clean. Some coaches like the power clean because it comes from the floor. I like hang clean because it starts more in an athletic position and you're getting both the hip and the shoulder more uh, involved in the motion with the accelerating of the bar and you have to deceleration, uh, decelerate it, excuse me, you have to accelerate it and decelerate it. Um, and, and it's a total body movement, which is all sports. Um, the only thing that's not there is like a, a lateral motion with, you know, well, well, some people use lateral motion and hang cleans be, shouldn't be, but, um, I would, so I'd say hang clean. That's, that's really good. And that's an exercise that I feel like a lot of athletes don't do most of the time. Correct. It, um, it's, it's, it's a tough one to learn. Um, and it's a tough one to execute like properly. Um, so it's you. You need someone there to kind of guide you because it's an, it's one of those exercises you can easily get hurt in as well. But that's a perfect example of form over weight. Correct. Like your body movement is way more important than the actual weight that you're moving. Correct. And that kind of goes back to before. Like I said, I I don't. I, we never do a max out day in my gym. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, moving into a you know a place where I can actually do some speed, so I I can do some power. Um, like through a ball throw or like, you know, a, a broad jump or vertical jump. I mean, that, those things I would like to do when I get a larger space. But in terms of like having kids come max out, either if it's like a two to three rep max or, you know, or just a one rep max, I'm more about quality of movement over how much they move. Because at the end of the day, you don't get just one motion. You don't get just three motions in a sport. It's repetitive motion and good motion that makes good athletes. And it's just more efficient to – if you're just doing one rep maxes, you're not stimulating your muscles as much to grow. Correct. I'd like to ask a question. I know some athletes are kind of timid to enter the weight room. Could you talk about the benefits of anaerobic exercise and the difference between anaerobic and aerobic exercise? Well, when it comes to when – you're, when you're talking with athletes, you know – a lot of sports, you need some type of aerobic capacity, and that's what we do pushes for. Um, uh, the beautiful thing about pushes is it not only gives you the aerobic that a lot of athletes need to get conditioning in, it's short bursts, bursts of speed, but it also teaches correct hip patterns. If you guys were to watch somebody when they're first saying they come in and do a push, their knees may go out, they may, their heels may go out. After like the 10 or 15th time they've been in the gym, they have more of a smooth tracking. They're striking the ground with the correct portion of the foot. So there's always a, there's always an importance of an anaerobic with an athlete. In terms of anaerobic, um, the the explosiveness, um, I feel like it's important to train that a to get stronger. You know, the old adage used to be bigger, stronger, faster. I think now if you look at athletes now, it's not bigger, stronger, faster. It's faster, stronger. And sometimes they're bigger is a derivative of that. But you're not seeing the guys walk around water. I mean, they're, they're leaner, they're more explosive, they're more defined, they're cut, and they're very very strong. Um, so that's where, you know, the squat, the hang clean, you know, yes, some type of pressing, pressing motion. So make sure your upper body is equally balanced and strong as your lower half, um, is important to have. I it's, so that's why the anaerobic is more important because as you get older, as you get stronger, athletes are getting more explosive and they're getting stronger now than they were 10 years ago. That's really good because that gets into a misconception, I feel, a lot about hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're preaching. Hypertrophy is like when the cellular muscle gets stretches and gets bigger. And so someone appears bigger when that's actually not the most important thing. Like you said, it's about being faster and stronger, not your muscles physically being bigger. Correct. And I feel like a lot of people focus too much on my muscles got to be bigger to get better at my sport. That's totally wrong. And that gets right into my next question. When you soak yourself up in your career like you do with your strength and weightlifting program, there's probably a lot of things that other strength and weightlifters coaches say that probably pisses you off. So what to you is the biggest myth when it comes to athletic training and lifting? The importance of the max, the importance of the max, because at the end of the day, to me, a a max out day, I mean, other than if you're just trying to find like with, with the quickness, um, it's to me, it's a waste of day and it's a potential for injury. Cause anytime you're like, you're doing those two to three rep maxes or you're doing a one rep max. I mean, those are, you're just, you're expecting the body to do, like I said, a bar in your back, you know, a bar in your hand over your chest. When do we do that in sports? You know, so, so the importance of a max out day, I can see there's an importance there so they can scale the weight. Um, so there is, there is a benefit to that, but 
when they're at the end at the end of a uh, six to nine week period, when somebody works out with a straight, any strength coach, myself, somebody else, if they are basing their results on how well that strength program did, that on their max maxes, instead of how they're moving on field court or whatever the sports arena is, to me, you're more of a bodybuilding coach more worried about like you're saying the hypertrophy effect of it and how strong Mm -hmm. they are as opposed to the true athletic effect of the training stay with us we'll be right back hey quick question for you are you someone who wants to be fit healthy and happy and what if i told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast i'm josh and i'm kg and we're the host of the fit healthy and happy podcast listen we get it fitness isn't easy carbs no carbs just stop okay it doesn't have to be that complicated and that's why we made this podcast we get straight to the facts so you can become your best you so the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search fit healthy and happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms we'll see you soon Well, that's the reason they're going to you, to get better at their sport, not to move more weight. That's right. not what it's about. Right. There are some days, though. There are some days, you know, that when kids come in and, you know, we talked about this and this one, your, your very first podcast you ever did, being uncomfortable. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are days when kids come to my gym and they're very uncomfortable. And that's, it, it's funny because I think there's a lot of time and, you know, and, and I don't mean to offend anybody out there, but a lot of kids, when they start breathing hard these days, I think parents, oh, I think my kid might have asthma. No, that's what happens. That's what happens in the field of play. You know, you know, your heart rate is supposed to get up. You are supposed to get shortness of breath, you know, a little bit when there's days that, you know, I, I may throw like the weight training out and I just, I'm, I'm there to make kids feel uncomfortable to let them know that the light at the end of the tunnel is there and they can persevere through that. Well, one thing to add to that, that's adding a mental toughness component to it when it's like, all right, I got to keep doing these pushes and they mentally have to get through it when they're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's another added thing where it's not just about muscle adaptation and their athletic training. It's mental too, which I think is really good. And I just have a quick question. So you were talking about uh, max lifting. Could you explain the difference between max lifting and then on heavy days? So there's some days you might be going low reps versus your absolute one rep max. So I like, so we never do one rep maxes, like I said before. Mm-hmm. So we will have days that we do sets. We'll do like three to four sets of like anywhere from two reps to like four reps. What we're trying to do and my, my coaching cue to the everybody, when I say you should be able to get these, um, like if we're doing four sets of three, okay, sets one, two, and three, you're you should be at a weight that you're getting and they should, but they should be hard. Okay. You should be straining again. Your last set, you should need some aid, aid in the motion. You know, that way I say you are getting that hypertrophy. You are getting that heavy, that strength. And it, it's, like I said, there's a place for it. There's a place for hypertrophy and, and, and true strength training. When you're going low rep, high weight, there is, so you can get the ultimate, you do want strength. Okay. But once again, going back to the sports arena, is that the most important thing in my opinion? No, it's not because you have to be able to repeat that motion over and over and over. And then it kind of goes back to the energy system. And that's one thing I used to talk a lot about with kids is energy systems. You know, they make sure they sleep right. They eat right. They're getting the right nutrition and when they're getting the right nutrition. You know, I'm, I'm not a nutritionist, but I've been around the block a few times um, where I can help with that stuff. I can guide kids uh, to kind of help them. And it's it, it, at the end of the day, it's almost like a cheat code. And I tell that kid, that's the, the the first day of summer training. I tell the kids all the time, you have a 45 minute window, you know, and it used to be called the protein shake. Well, you know what? Yes. Protein is important right after like working out. Um, but you also need your branching amino acids. You also need, but the biggest thing you need is carbohydrates, you know? So it's the post-workout drink. And I wish, I wish a lot more companies and I wish I had access to somebody to come out with like, uh, you know, a, a, a line of, you know, supplements where we can call it the post-workout, you know, that has everything you need, the BCA, the carbohydrates and the proteins in them and kind of like just break that old, you know, mantra, got to have your protein shake, which you do need it, but you needed the other things as well. Yeah. And that actually goes right into my next question. I was going to ask, what are some of the critical things that athletes should do both pre and post-workout? Uh, pre-workout, you know, it's... I, I would lie to you say that I don't take pre-workout. I think a lot of kids do take pre-workouts. I think they can be abused very easily. Um, do I hate when kids are walking in drinking a monster or a rain? Absolutely. Cause it's carbonated uh, and it's going to end up cutting their wind a little bit. And it's, it's maybe not the best thing for them, you know, having something that has, you know, maybe just a little, a little bit of caffeine. 
Uh, I'm okay with, you know, having a, a clementine, handful of grapes, half an apple, about a half hour, 45 minutes before workout. That's probably the best thing. It's, it's simple. It breaks down quickly. It gives you really, really good energy. And maybe an hour before that, maybe have, if you do do protein shakes, maybe like a half a scoop where you get like maybe 15, 20 grams of carbohydrate or protein with some BCAs in there, branching amino acids and do that in an hour. So it's like assimilated, digesting your system. That's kind of before Afterwards, there's that there's that 45 minute window, and I tell instantly if anybody does do supplements, you know BCAs, EAAs, uh, branching amino acids, uh, uh, essentially amino acids, that's something you you should be having. And I tell parents this as well. That's something directly after practice, directly after a game, directly after workout. Essentially, we're pushing our bodies in those arenas, you know, as hard as you can, or you should be if you're doing it right. Correct. Yeah. Um, So. That's the right after, as you're walking off a court or field, you had those there. Then, you know, within that 40, within like, you know, another like 20, 30 minutes, then you do your post-workout drink, which is, or if you can't, I mean, if you can go out, eat like a, you know, you know, a leafy green salad, you know, with two chicken breasts on it, you probably got to get, you know, a cucumber and a half, a half an avocado, um, you know, a half an apple in there and a handful of grapes or raisins, you know. Those the good carbohydrates, the good fat, the good protein. That's how you can get it. I almost feel like it's cheating, but going out and having a good post workout drink, it's, it's easier. And a lot of kids, in my opinion, would gravitate more towards that to get what they need as opposed to going out and like making this monstrous like salad, you know, where atypically, you know, you guys, you guys went through it. I mean, who has, you know, who makes the time? Now, who has time? Because we all have time. <laughs> who makes the time? And when those things are so convenient to have, you know, and they're there. You know, as long, once again, as long as they're not abused, as long as they're not taking too much of it. And I know one thing that you always stressed was warm ups. And what are some things physically that you should do prior to a workout and post workout? I'm a big SMR guy, self self mouth fascia release. That's foam rolling, foam rolling. I'm uh, I'm against stretching beforehand. Um, and I, I always like to tell you guys, you know, you take a, you take a tight and a rubber band, you try to stretch it. What's it going to do? It snaps. Okay. So what you got to do is you got to get that rubber band to relax foam rolling. That's you get in there, you warm, you, you get the muscles to relax, you lengthen the muscles, you bring fresh oxygenated blood, you get them warmed up that way. Then I'm all, uh, instead of a static stretcher, I'm a big active stretching, you know, a lunge series, you know, a band series, just like to get good range of motion, uh, in the groups of muscles and the joints we're getting ready to work. And then going in, going in from there. Now, stretching definitely has a component. After you work out, foam roll again. Get, you know, if you have tweaked anything, if you like overstrain something, get it to relax a little bit and then doing stretching at the end. That's really, really good. And back to the rep ranges a little bit with COVID still lingering. There's probably some kids that are forced to work out mm-hmm. at home and do things by themselves. Um, what would you say? the best rep range is in general for most most exercises because this is something that I've learned the more and more I've learned about the body is that rep ranges really, really do matter. Yes. And I used to think like what I used to do when I first started lifting was I just burn out basically every time when that's not the most efficient thing you can do mm-hmm. to become the strongest athlete that you can be. So what to you would you say the best rep range is typically for an athlete? So like you're saying, rep ranges, It's that's a great thing. You have to talk about time of year and proximity to season. Um, so when you're in the off season, that's when they typically you do higher weight, lower reps, okay? And you want to build into that, okay? You So I spend atypically, I'm doing everything like a three to four week cycle with the kids, and, and so where I have like athletes from all different like sports coming in and out of my gym. So I do give them rep ranges. It's I and I've done a much better job at it in this last year, giving them rep ranges, depending, Hey, if you're in season, this is how many reps you're doing. Hey, if you're out season, they may say, they still might do the same exercises, but we're changing that rep range. So out of season, we're talking higher weight, lower reps, preseason. We want to start like making sure their bodies are in good shape. So you can do a little bit more moderation. So when I'm talking low reps, I, I typically, my low ones, I've been dipping into twos every once in a while. I low range, especially with high school and junior high athletes. I like sticking with four to six for low. That way I'm not, I'm not really getting in there, like overloading them too much where they're like maximum exerting, where they're like kind of like throwing themselves, doing the crappie flop on the bench or trying to squat, like to, to take them out of their form. Um, now mid ranges, I like anywhere from like, you know, six to 10. Okay. High reps when you're out there just trying to like get yourself in shape, 
you know, I have done 20 and I, like I said, those are kind of more of the uncomfortable days. Other rep ranges, um, like I said, all kind of the variables that kind of depend on that is age of kid or age of athlete. Um, and what, what their sport is high ranges. I like anywhere from 10 to 15. So we've touched this topic a few times, especially when we were talking about maxing out, uh, can you dive into injury prevention as a whole and its importance? Yes. So the, like I said, the premise, the number one premise, if I, when I'm talking to the parents, my main focus is to keep, teach kids how to do things correctly. So when they're on their field record of play or sport is like how to do it. So they don't get injured. Now that means how to change direction, how to decelerate, accelerate, change direction in a safe manner. I think if you teach kids mostly that way, you can decrease like a, a knee injury, an ankle injury. Now they're going to happen. You know, you're going to land on somebody's foot. You're going to hurt your ankle. You're going to, you know, somebody's going to hit you externally. That's going to happen. But, um, the biggest thing is like teaching kids how to change direction. Okay. And multiple, multiple planes, how to jump down off of one foot and change direction, how to uh, jump onto a box one foot and like change direction. Um, I, the biggest thing I really attack is hips, 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 hips. You guys know that we put the bands around the knees. We do a lot of shuffling. We do a lot of, we front squat, we back squat. We do the pushes with the bands around the hips. That's to make sure that you're moving again from those proper muscles. So they fire correctly. You want, you want that glute medius, just as strong. I mean, it's, there's a ratio. Glute medius is the upper outer part of your butt. Glute, glute maximus helps you. That lateral motion stuff. If you watch a lot of kids, they're really, I mean, they may be really good uh, forward, you know, kind of good backwards, but laterally, that's where a lot of kids lack these days from doing too much of this stuff. And if you get them to work the glute medius, it, they can accelerate, decelerate laterally, much in a, not only a safer environment, but, but in a quicker way. And for those listening, not watching, he said for doing too much of this stuff, he was kind of making the motion on your phone and playing video games and all that. Yeah, it's the devil. So this is going to be a really good question, Brad. If you could go back and talk to yourself right before you started weightlifting, what would you tell that person? What's what's the biggest mistake that you made as you were learning how to athletically lift? Um so I started like running the weight room in my high school, probably pretty much my sophomore year in high school. I was, I went to a lot of football camps. I went to a lot of baseball camps and I would bring back the, the programs from the colleges. And the biggest thing when I, and I, I love going to those camps. I love learning about that stuff because, um, I I'm from a small podunk, uh, town back in Nebraska. It's a, a thousand people, Rapo, Nebraska. I, you know, it's a very cool place to grow up, but very uncool place to grow up. You know, I graduate 24 people. So we didn't have the, uh, the accessibility to somebody who knew what they were doing in terms of training athletically. And that's why when I went through my injuries and I, I then everything was like getting switched on my light bulbs. Wow. Wow. This, this makes the biggest thing I probably would have told, you know, I, I, my sister took me in the weight room when I was like, you know, eight or nine, 10 with her. She's 10 years older than I am. And the number one I, thing I would have said is, um, lateral movement. Um, I wish I would have found band resistance sooner. Um, and, it doesn't matter how much you, it doesn't, how, that does not matter how much you lift the maxing out thing. Cause that's in high school. Think about it. Hey, how much you bench? Mm -hmm. Hey, how much you bench? Does bench have any effect on how good of an athlete you are? You know, I did love doing legs though. I will say that, you know, I did have a red large butt in high school because <laughs> I, I squatted leg press and leg extension all the time, you know, to a fault to where I created such a misbalance between my quads were so much stronger than my hamstrings. I always had hamstring problems. So regardless, I probably would have had an ACL MCL injury because of my imbalance. And it wasn't until I went to my rehab that I, that actually got it balanced out. That's really good. Cause you talked about that with the pre-workout and post supplement thing. Mm -hmm. You can't do it too much and you can't do it too little. It's all about balance. And with your quads, you can't have too much of your quad muscle and then too little of your hamstring. It's yep. your movements got to work together and they got to be balanced. One thing I wanted to talk to you about Brad is Kids don't understand how important diet is in being an athlete. What's a couple of foods that you see most kids eating that's probably absolutely terrible for anything, you? Anything blonde or soda. Think about it, anything blonde. Your white breads, your breaded foods. You know, now they hide it behind sauce. It you know at the we won't name anybody specifically buffalo wings. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but blonde foods, chips. Think about chips, and then then soda. And uh, those things are like are absolutely. I mean, I mean, there there there's nothing. There's nothing redeemable about them nutritionally. 
nothing. And at the end of the day, I mean, the biggest thing I want to tell kids is you can't cheat energy systems. You know, I have, you know, I had a parent call me, um, you know, this last weekend or just literally yesterday about, you know, Hey, my son isn't looking as fast. He's put on a little bit and he's, his body's maturing. You know, he's put on some extra muscle and his guy, his body's gotten a little bit longer. Um, but he's not as fast as he used to be. Well, and I was, you know, I was talking to, um, somebody in a sport that takes, there's a lot of quickness going on, but you, you get time for breaks when they weren't getting enough breaks. And at the end of the day, what ends up happening is you can't cheat an energy system. And the way the energy systems work is you need the proper food to, to, to fill those tanks up. Yeah. It's thermodynamics, potential energies converted into kinetic energy is what you put in is what you get out. Right. And I like to talk about food as well. What are some things for athletes that you think are essential for an athlete's diet? Um, one of the things right now, and it, it's not a superfood, I think it probably should be is like, I think a lot of like kids, once you get into puberty and if you are like, if you're good at eating things, I think avocados, I, mean, I think they're, you know, you know, there's good fat. There is good fat out there that mm -hmm. helps kids, not only brain function, but actually helps them with, you know, with connective tissue with, you know, with muscle and everything. Uh, chicken, I mean, you can't beat this grilled chicken, you know, uh, brown rice, you know, vegetables, you know, raw vegetables, you know, overcooked. I mean, you cook a lot of nutrient stuff, uh, nutrients out when you do cook vegetables, um, fruits there. I mean, they're quick. Uh, they give you quick energy. You know, some of them, you know, a lot of, uh, I, I I'm kind of on the fence about bananas in terms of like eating whole bananas. I'm a big half banana guy, um, because they're really high in the glycemic level. They can, you know, some people argue that, you know, I, I, I've seen the effects with kids, you know, do you need it for potassium? Absolutely. But you know what, you know, how potassium isn't avocados. Um, though, I think grapes are great. Uh, or uh, clementines are like always one of my go-tos with, with kids, like at half times of games. And the other thing that's a really good, it's, it's one of the superfoods that's, and it's one of the longest one that's been out there is honey. It's not food, but honey. Um, if kids can like stomach honey at a halftime or at, like even between quarters or even like if, you know, basketball players are on the bench that helps keep their energy high. Have you heard that clementines are really good for tendon health too? Have you heard that before? I have. I have. I haven't read enough on it to, okay. to give you like a real opinion. I have heard that. Like I said, I, I if you could direct me in a, into a direction of, I just, I, I need to read more on it. That's so. good. That's good. Um, so before we wrap up, Brad, I wanted to know, this has been a great conversation and even I'm learning so many things right now, which is why I really wanted to have you on. How do you keep learning and innovating your training? Because we always have to keep striving for the better. Is there certain people you follow on social media, listen to podcasts, anything you could give the listeners now to become better athletes? Um, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, well, as you're, you know, you're really delving in this right now, the business owner thing. Um, it, it's really tough to, to, to make, I mean, there's cycles, there's cycles. Like right now, like summertime is my, my busiest time of the year. It's really hard to like learn. So atypically the way my year looks is, um, I need to spend more time on, I, I, in my opinion, I'm not the best business owner out there. So I should probably spend more time on the business end of it. Um, but I spend most of the school year. That's when I do my reeducating and I kind of bone everything up for the summer. Cause that's when I have my access to the most athletes. So that's when I really want to be at my highest. I want to be, I want to be educated as high as possible. Um, I've, I've been educated through, I have a four year degree, um, the NSCA, I have a CPT, CSCS. Um, and then I've went through a bunch of different sort of certifications. Uh, my last one I did, I did a Vertimax certification down in Tampa, um, with Raptors and Vertimaxes for the jumping and, you know, acceleration, deceleration, um, and mobility stuff. Um, one of the things the one of the certifications out there, and it's not that really a common one, um, is called the IYCA international youth conditioning association. Um, that's the one I really like got into, um, when I started athlete X factory, I had about like a month of sleepless nights and like, you know, God was really pushing on my heartstrings that I need to start doing this again with kids. And, you know, I, so I was like looking out there for good information just to kind of get me back, you know, more so training kids as to maybe like professional or athletes or adults. Um, so the, the IYCA has been a huge, huge, um, place where I've like done a lot of reeducating. And the funny thing is, is like, I'm going to do it here the first year. I'm going to retake their high school strength and conditioning certification. I've done it four times now. And the cool thing is every time I go through a curriculum, uh, curriculum, I get a little something different out of it. 
just because of my experience over like the last year or two years, I, I, I took it two years ago. Um, instead of just doing, I, I do the CEUs, the con- uh, continuing education uh, credits or CCs. But every time I go through a certification, I always find it very, very interesting that something else grabs me and something else. Oh, I never looked at it that way. So in this field that I'm in, um, it, it's a strange field because there's so many. Everybody has different beliefs. Everybody has different beliefs. So you pull from here, pull from here, pull from here. Well, this is right, this is wrong. To me, if we can learn and like kind of use every as much as you can, and do it in a safe environment for people to train in, then then it's all good, you know. So the IOICA has been the one I've been using lately, probably over like the last like ten years, the most. And I'd also like to ask, what's some advice that you'd give someone our age or someone that's wanting to go into the training profession as a whole? Uh, patience. patience, 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 patience. Um, I it's it's kind of funny, you know. Like we're saying, we're sitting here, and I pull my hat down low, and if if the people who are good with training, um, and and I've, you've you've trained Charlie, and I I told you, I you know, uh, that you have a gift. That you're good with kids, okay? I'm not really good with young kids. <laughs> I'm not. I, I can I can admit that. I'm good to a certain extent, so that's why I bump my ages up to 12, 13, um, just because of my humor. I get a little crass, and I and I'm I'm more of an aggressive guy once I get into training, just to kind of get to keep the energy high in the room. That's what you kind of have to do as a strength coach. Um, but patience. Patience, patience, patience. And the other thing you what you need to worry about, I, and you, there's a lot of trainers out there, and it's in. I'm weird about this. I don't put myself on videos. I don't put myself out there because it, it, it and I'm, I, and this could be, I could be completely wrong. I could be a complete moron for doing this because it's net. You have to be selfless in my opinion, to be a good, you know, to be a good trainer. It's, it's always about the people you're trying to help. And it's, it's gimmicky why I do that. Why I don't do it. It's, it, it was a joke before. And now I'm just kind of sticking with it. I, you know, I, I said, happy new year's. I, I think it was uh 2011 and it was like, Oh, you put yourself on a post. And so it, it's all right. All right. So it's kind of more gimmicky now. Um, but being selfless and looking out what's best for them. And, you know, I've never made financially, I've never made a financial, the financial piece of a business. My goal, it's always been, how can I be a better trainer? How can I help people? Um, and it's frustrating, you know, and I, we've talked about this, you know, there's been years where I've helped groups of kids. I won't say exactly which group and, you know, the group gets smaller, you know, or the, 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 the want to be there, you know, you know, you know, help helping groups at high schools, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's hard when you care more than the kids they're training, you know, that's why athlete X factory isn't for everybody. Cause I want to work with kids who care. I don't want to be a babysitter. And that's why Athlete X Factor isn't for everybody. I deal with, I, I, and I, I, I recircle back to this. I deal well with type A personality adults and athletic minded kids that want to be good, if not great. Okay. Average and good kids don't like my gym because it's too hard and they cheat. And here's the thing I, it's not that I don't hold kids accountable, but if I see a kid cheating after the second time I see him cheating, I won't call him out in front of the group. But I'll just say, hey, brother, maybe this isn't for you. I've given parents their money back. I said, listen, your son or daughter is not ready to come here because they don't, they aren't invested enough. And at the last thing I ever want to do is at the end of a summer for a parent to come in, it's like, you know what? I didn't see anything different out of my kid. And the last thing I want to do is go to them and say, listen, well, your kid did about a third of everything. And to, to me, I feel like I would be like stealing money from somebody if I let them do that. Yeah, and talking about effort and the difference between average and good and good and great, I kind of wanted to bring up the topic of just making it to the next level. And what are some things every athlete needs? I know we talked about effort, but there's some other things. If they want to, if they have a goal of playing a sport in college and they really want to be different from just a good high school athlete, they actually want to be a good college athlete. Uh, being well-rounded. That means they got to do the little things correct, you know? You got to eat, you got to sleep, you know, you got, you know, it helps to keep your nose clean. Some kids, you know, don't, and they, they, they do make it. Um, but the other thing that's interesting in the arena of today, and this is somewhere I would like to take even athlete X factory in the next five years, um, as we grow into a larger facility, um, I want to take it to help kids get on track. If that's one of their goals, yes, they need to work hard, but you know what? There's a lot of other kids out there that work hard. You got to put yourself in the right position. You get you got to go out and get in front of people because of the the day of social media. And I, and I think it's funny. And it's 
you know, I almost want to get as deep as I want to help re, you know, kind of reeducate coaching coaches as well. Cause a lot of them like rely on stats and a lot of them rely on, um, uh, videos that a kid send to them, you know, well, if you're getting, you know, a whole season's worth of videos, you know, you can find, I mean, other than just being a wow kid, you know, you know, a kid that's like a, you know, a good player, maybe not a great player can re- really look good on a highlight reel because they look good on those plays. You know, uh, back when, you know, back in my day, when I had to send out a video, I had to send full games, you know, so they could see if I took plays off or not. You know, they could see if, you know, oh, he was good, you know, eight plays that game, but there was like 28 plays. He was awful, you know, and I mean, kids do, you, know, you can see highlights and maybe that does draw them to more, uh, to watch more of who they are. Um, but the other thing I really would like to see more of importance with kids is conviction and commitment. So when somebody makes a commitment to a certain place, you know what? And I understand coaches, the coaching carousel does turn a little bit more than it used to, you know, back when I was in, in college, when a kid makes a commitment, stay committed, you know, because uh, potentially that year when you committed to that school, you took somebody else's dream away from them because they didn't get a scholarship offer from that school. And I know situations are bad, but have more resiliency, you know, fight through it. And it, it's, it's an adversity thing. And for someone that has a goal, to play in the collegiate level and they're not seeing the results that they want to, and they're kind of plateauing. What's something that you think they can do to really make a difference to jump to that level? Plateauing in terms of like physically physically? and just at your, in your game, you're really not improving as much as maybe the competition is. Get outside your comfort level and see where your deficiencies are. And I think a lot of kids have a hard time, like real, especially when you get to the, 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 junior, senior kids in high school, they have a hard time really like wanting to work on their deficiencies. A lot of kids like, and I know you probably see this a lot. A lot of kids like to work on what they're good at. You know, they don't want to address those issues of like where they're deficient, where their deficiencies or where their, their weakness in their games are. But if they become more well-rounded, you know, they're, if they're a good people become good teammates, um, it's, that, that type of person will always end up finding their way to the right spot. If they're willing to work on the stuff that's hard for them. Honestly, another name for trainers could be weakness specialists. Yes. And trying to elevate our game to where everything's around the same level. And there's two things that you've talked about, Brad, that are the biggest takeaways I'm going to have from this. And one, balance. Basically, every response you've had is all about balance. Never doing too much of one thing and too little of the other. That's where you're going to find true success. And the second thing is value. And what stood out to me was really, really good. You go financial is never the primary goal. When in reality, you probably had way more financial success from value being the primary driven goal, if you know what I mean. Like. When you're so invested in a kid where all you want to see them do is succeed and nothing else really matters, then everything that comes after that is just a byproduct of it, and it's almost elevated yep. because of that. Correct. That's that's really, really good. Um, so do you want to do CTG's speed round that we do at the end of every episode? Or have Absolutely. You? Okay. Um, let me think of some questions. Actually, I got a good question. I've given Sam this question, so me and him are not going to answer this. But what's the best piece of life advice someone has ever given you and who gave it to you? <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Best piece of life advice. Um, don't be afraid to change my environment. Um, life, uh, you know, somebody said to me one time, life starts when you become uncomfortable. Um, when we're comfortable, you know, we become complacent. So you're not really challenging yourself as a person. And you end up just, just being we're just in life floating around here being instead of like trying to do something bigger. Um, when I got done playing, I literally flipped a coin between California and Florida. I knew I wanted to get out of Nebraska. Not that I hate Nebraska, um, but I, I flipped a coin and I, I, I moved to Florida. You know, then I did the same thing. I was getting ready to move to Texas while well, I met my now wife, Monica, and I moved north. You know, and then, you know, I, I've started over um, professionally like six times. And every time I did that, um, I was excited about it. Um, so my biggest thing was like, you know, don't ever, don't ever be complacent. Don't ever be afraid to try something new, no matter how old you are. Um, I have gotten a lot of joy of what I'm doing now. 
Now, will I probably try to start over again at 45? No, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll change what I'm doing. And that's, like I said, you know, and I've been teasing just a little bit that I am finally going to get the big gym soon, you know, the first, after the first part of the year. Yes, sir. Um, and it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And I'll go from just being me to having, I'll be working with people. So and that makes me excited. Again, that's to me, the biggest difference between the average and the Uber successful, the average, every response is play it safe. Don't take risks. Just be in your comfort zone, basically. And then you got people like you taking risks, trying to expand the business, influence and impact more people. Mm-hmm. That's really different. You got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, you got a question? Yeah, I won't go so in-depth and so lightly, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask, what were some of your favorite athletes uh, when you were growing up? My favorite athlete? Uh, of course, Bo Jackson, uh, George Pratt. Um, uh, you know, it's some of the old school guys, yeah. you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I go on hours and hours and hours. I just, um, I watched every sport. Uh, I wish to God I was exposed to hockey when I was growing up as a kid. I first time I ever saw a hockey game. I was living in Florida. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, he's my, he's a little bit older than me, but Gretzky, you know, just guys that like, really like, you know, it was, it was different for me growing up, you know? You can, you know, you didn't have to be as skilled as you are today, in my opinion. That's why I always ask a funny question. And let me put this to one. All right, here's my question for you guys. Oh, here we go. Okay. LeBron or Michael? Michael. MJ. Okay. So, but do you think it's fair to compare them and the errors that they're in? How many great players has LeBron played against nowadays and their level of their professionalism and being as good as they are as opposed to, and I'm not saying Michael, probably I would say that dude has a heart in his heart is still burning. There's fire in that dude's chest. He hated to lose. <laughs> I, and I will I'll give that to him. But at the same time, look at the level of athlete he was playing as compared to like the level of athletes that LeBron's playing. So I always tell kids, you know, I, I tell them a few things. I hate when the kid says, Oh, they're watching like an NFL game. Ah, Drew Brees sucks. What? No, suck. He's a professional athlete. I hate when kids say that. When some when anybody disrespects a, a professional athlete or even a collegiate athlete, you know, and when they try to compare players from different eras, because there's so I think there's too many factors that go into it. Yeah, the average now is a lot different than the average then, and especially the games are just evolve. What's important in the '80s was post, Correct. and what's important now is three point shooting. Oh, hands down. So it's really unfair just to compare styles even. I mean, the big reason to why I think it's hard to compare eras is resources. Correct. Like all the things you have today to improve your game, it's way, way different. So that's probably a huge reason why athletes are a lot better today. Um, The reason I just love Michael is, well, his legacy and his mentality. All this, I could read stories of MJ all day, just the way he handled teammates. The arguments he'd get into and just right. the p- pure dominance he had over everyone he faced. Okay, so exactly what your point is right there. What would be said about LeBron if he handled half of his teammates the way Michael handled his right now? He would be cru- he'd be crucified on social media. He would. He would. Ah. I mean, and, and, and at the end of the day, I think he has it in his chest too to be that way, but he'd be punished for it. Yeah, and I think every athlete should try, obviously try to be like both two of the greatest athletes ever, but something you can learn from Michael is he wanted to win more than anything. Right. And he would have done whatever he could do to win. And I think that's something every single athlete should do because at the end of the day, winning is everything. I got one more question for you guys. What's your favorite basketball team? Milwaukee Bucks, 2021 NBA champs. <laughs> really? That's I like that. Uh, I would say Milwaukee Bucks too. Okay. That's my favorite. So when the Milwaukee Bucks win... When they win this year, when they win the championship this year, will you say we, or will you say the Milwaukee Bucks won? I mean, I've been a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks since I was five years old, <laughs> so I would say we, but okay, I'm going to okay. be honest. Okay. Brad taught me this one. I ne- <laughs> Whenever someone says this, I always get a little mad. You, you got to say the team, unless you go to the school. I think in college, you can say we, okay, okay, but you, you also still have to be you still have to notify that you're not on a team when you yes, talk about thank you. it. Thank you. It's their team. You're just a fan. So I think you really <laughs> got to 
you got to differentiate between the two. One of my biggest pet peeves in life. <laughs> One of my pet peeves. People are talking about the Packers. Oh, he did so great. Oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl. You're not playing. You <laughs> didn't put I mean, the time. You didn't put the time and the effort. You know, you're not being criticized when you're not being criticized when they lose. So I know I knew where you were going to go with that. I, <laughs> I do say we though. I do say we. Brad, um, thank you for joining us so much today. I've learned so much just from this 45 minute conversation. Um, do you want to give an outro how people can reach you and kind of what your plan is for the future? You talked a little bit about um, expanding the facility that you have now. Do you want to give a little outro for that for the listeners? Yep. Um, athletexfactory.com. Uh, best way to get a hold of me is call me or text me, please. Please, please, please. Um, email athletexfactory at yahoo or 608 359 3180. Text me. I respond way quicker through text uh, than I do voicemail or any other media. Um, I am on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Snap, I, oh, probably all of them, which pretty much have to be these days. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, expanding. I start off a thousand square foot, 1.0, then 2.0 was 2,000, uh, 3.0. I've been there for almost three years now. It'll be three years in June. I'm being relocated because uh, the city's like dropping in a drug rehab center next to me, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just time. I am going to be moving into a significantly larger facility. Um, can't say where yet. Um, underneath some legal obligation not to, um, but we're going to be doing multi, multi-sport athletes, uh, just kind of like we're doing now. There's going to be a lot of turf. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to actually start teaming up with some people and working with people. Um, that's the one thing that I have kind of missed working on my own over the last 11 years. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to get up as early as me in the morning and be up at like 3.50 every morning at the gym by 4.15 and have everything ready. That's one thing that makes me nervous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, to see, to see where this thing goes. So yeah, really exciting stuff. I'm excited for you. Um, it was a pleasure, Brad. Thank, Thank you, brother. you. Thank you gatekeepers for listening. Make sure you're staying up to date and have listened to every single podcast. Please rate us on whatever platform you're listening to this on to be submitted into our review of the day contest. This is where we'll give you a shout out. If you give us a review and we can talk about you on the podcast. The reviews will help whatever platform you're listening to it on reach a wider and global audience. That's what it's all about, trying to impact and influence as many lives as possible for the better. If you have been a part of Close the Gate and have been following along for our journey, do not be afraid to submit testimonials. They can be video or text. This will help others see how much true change Close the Gate can make in a life. We love as many questions as possible for new topics to talk about. Don't be afraid to reach out to me, Coach Jack, at jackhummel12 at gmail.com or text me 608-201-7384. We want critique. Always strive for the better. You are never too good at something. You can always contact us about literally anything. We're always going to be here for you. Lastly, if you like this episode of Off the Court, please take a screenshot and share it with whatever social media platform you're on to be entered into a contest so that we can notice who's listening to this and whose lives we're impacting and if what we're giving you is what we want because that's what it's all about. We're here to solve your problems, what your biggest desires and answers want to be. Thank you guys so much. Stay tuned. We're going to keep feeding you this free education and content. It's going to keep coming. We are not going to stop. I'm Coach Jack. Thanks for listening, gatekeepers. I'm out. Peace.